You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So we have Heather Hitchens, who is the president and CEO of the American Theater Wing. She has also been the executive director of the New York State Council on the Arts and the president of the organization Meet the Composer for over a decade. Over the past 30 years, Heather has became a nationally recognized arts leader with her experience in theater administration, policy, and program development. I am so excited to have her here today. Hi, Heather. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Theater's coming back, so that's that makes it a good day. Absolutely. Um, so first of all, the Tonys were so magical. Those were just a few weeks ago. And I was actually in my first ever press room for the Tonys. And that was so exciting. So thank you so much for having that and bringing that back. Well, it was really quite exciting. It was an honor and a privilege to be part of it. I really feel like it was such a great celebration, probably the most theater-centric, community-centered Tony's during my time. So I was very proud of that and and great to have you in the press room. It was so fun. Um, it was so awesome to see all those people come through and just have that, be in the same Zoom with them. It was amazing. But getting into questions, can you walk me through how you got to where you are as the CEO and president for one of the largest theater companies in the world? Well, I, I was one of those kids that had art, music, as part of my education, and it wasn't an, an elective, it was something that everyone did. And um, very early on, you know, and, and even those of us who were not good at theater would do other things. But very, very early on, I um, developed a love for music, particularly I, stu- I studied percussion. And um, I went all the way through high school and college and studied music and um, got my bachelor's in music and um, my major being percussion. <laughs> And um, then, but was always interested in, um, probably because my mom sort of was a social, was a teacher and social worker and my father was a corporate executive that I had this like, I want to do good, but I, I understand business thing in, inside of me. So that it was like the artistic side and the business side were both operating within me and um, was interested in the business. And um, I, when I graduated college, I ended up working at a local radio station. I was the traffic manager, not like shadow traffic, but more like, you know, how you schedule commercials and things like that. But there was a woman that did a culture show there and she kind of pulled me aside and said, you should go work at the American Music Theater Festival in Philadelphia. And so anyways, long story short, I went there. And while I was there, there was another sort of magic person there that pulled me aside and said, you should go 
up to Drexel University and get your master's in arts administration. So I did that. And then from there ended up, um, you know, because I had started working in development and fundraising, which I didn't want to do, but learned that it was really just passion and a follow up and raising money for for a good cause. Um, went to the Delaware Symphony as their um, director of development. And then at the age of 24, um, was appointed CEO of, of the Delaware Symphony Orchestra um, through a variety of circumstances. But let's just say um, it was early. I didn't have the experience, but I had a lot of gut instincts. And um, the, and, I, and that was my first CEO um, position. And from there, um, I came to New York to uh, work for an organization that I had long admired, which was called Meet the Composer, which is the largest commissioner of new music of all kinds in, in the country. And, you know, had a composer residency program and uh, you know, which placed composer in, in residence in all kinds of organizations, including theaters. And um, went there and then, you know, originally as sort of a marketing development person, but then um, in short order became president of that organization, was there for a little over a decade and then um, got the call to run the New York State Council on the Arts, which is a, um, a government appointed position. So I was appointed by Governor Elliot Spitzer to run that uh, fine organization. We know what happened to Governor Spitzer. He did not make it his four years, but I made it my four years. But anyways, after that, and all, all through all of this, I, I loved building institutions. I loved making things better. You know, that's just kind of what I like doing. And I loved working with artists um, and making things happen. And so when I left, when I was leaving state government, I was like, what am I going to do? And then somebody said, you should go run the American Theater Wing. And I only knew the Tony Awards, not everything that the American Theater Wing does, this long pipeline of education and professional development um, work that we do. And I didn't know the cool history of the American Theater Wing that we were founded by a suffragist and before women, women of the theater, before they had the right to vote. It was a, a war relief organization. And um, one of the founders was Antoinette Perry, who is Tony. That's who the Tonys was named of. She was an actor, producer, and when she died, the founders wanted to do something in her honor, and that's how the Tony Awards were born. But we really started with these really strong women, um, you know, activist women, you know, forming an organization before anybody invited them to the table, they made their own table. Yeah, and that's so amazing to hear your career path. But also, I when I started out in theater, I didn't realize the theater wing like you did. Um, it's so interesting to see like now you had a master class with N Natasha Katz last week, um, and I was watching that on YouTube, and it's just so amazing to see all that the American Theater Wing does for the theater community. Well, thank you. Those master classes are fantastic. We did one with Natasha Katz, as you said, and we did one with Ashley Park. You know, um, we also did one with um, um, Michael R. Jackson, working with composers the same way. Natasha's working with the lighting designers. So it's it, it's that kind of giving people access for free to that kind of content, young people in particular, but people of all ages. I think it works for people of all ages is really it's just it's a it's a pleasure because we have access to these great people and to be able to share them with the world and the, the sort of 
some of the secrets of the theater is just really, it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your duties as the CEO of the American Theater Wing? What do you do in, in your day? Well, basically it's, you know, everything in the kitchen sink. Um, it's, you know, the first and foremost, you know, you're responsible, um, obviously for pursuing the mission. So making sure that your programs are running and operating and that they serve the mission of the organization, because we're a not-for-profit organization. And, and that doesn't mean you don't make a profit, but it means mission is over profit. Um, and that the mission has some kind of, you know, charitable purpose. So that's first and foremost, making sure you're, you're running the programs and you're delivering the programs that are meeting the mission of the organization. Um, right up there with that is making sure that the finances work, right? So that in, in my case, it means budgeting, budget monitoring, you know, forecasting. It means actually raising money um, to support the organization. Um, and then just overseeing every single aspect of the organization. Um, and so it's, it's, there's no day is ever the same. And, you know, obviously my job also includes, you know, overseeing the Tony Awards, overseeing the Obie Awards, as well as our other programs. And so, and the Tony Awards can feel like a full-time job. Sometimes I feel like I have two jobs, but you know what, that you got, there's, you got to fill the day somehow, but those, you know, it's, it's everything. It's the, the CEO. And of course I have staff in different areas, in program, in digital, in development, in finance. But my job is really to set the vision, ensure the mission is met, and to oversee the staff to make sure we're meeting our marks. So basically, um, at the end of the day, it's my fault if something doesn't go well. That seems like a lot to do. It is. <laughs> um, so what are you looking forward to in the, the world of the American Theater Wing, but also theater in general? What can we look forward to and what do you look forward to? Well, I, I look forward to all of our, our programs when we, we just recently awarded some university scholarships and, and with those scholarships come mentorships. And I know we're going to change the lives of those young people. And I know that we're likely going to be welcoming them into the industry. And so I look forward to continuing to do that meaningful and important work. You know, um, I think, you know, you, you don't end up in the nonprofit community if you don't need to do something meaningful. And I think, so I look forward to being able to do more of that in person, to experience more of that in person. And I look forward to theater coming back differently. Um, there's been on Broadway, uh, there are, you know, seven plays by black writers that are coming and, and I'm so excited to see all those stories. And I, and I want to make sure it's not um, just, you know, this fall and that that continues. I'm, you know, to continue to push our field forward to tell more stories. I think we all want to be told a story. We all want to be told different stories. We want to, the great thing about theater, and it's pro, it's the only thing, it's the only place that's left where we come to the theater from all different places as all different people and we sit down and we have, and we're quiet, hopefully. <laughs> there have been some great stories of when people haven't been quiet in cell phones. We should um, be quiet. And, <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. And we take the same journey together and we listen to this together and we, we walk away with different experiences, but it's, there, there are not many places where that is still true 
Um, and that is why theater not only entertains and, and uplifts and educates, but it has the power to change the world. And I say that not just to say those words. I believe that. I know that. I look at plays like Angels in America, and I look at where we were in terms of the LGBTQ plus community then and where we are today, and that theater is a place where we can, we can safely talk about these things and we can advance ourselves as a society. So, you know, and I love what we've been doing digitally as a community. And I think we should not, it's not one or the other, it's yes and both, but nothing ever, ever will take away the live experience. And, and, and it shouldn't, because not only is it something that we love and we get, as I said, entertained, but I do think it is how we change the world. Yeah. There have been several shows where I walk out completely different and moved than I was before. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so you've obviously had a huge impact on theater around the country and around the world in your different jobs. What advice would you give to people like me starting to go into the industry and trying to find my way through it? Well, I think one thing is to keep your sense of adventure and to let go of notions of what success looks like, you know, because I think too often people think that there's one path to success. Your path is going to be unique. It's going to be your journey. So to calm, I think your, your people, I think the young people, they get, get so anxious because they're like, well, I'm supposed to do this and then I'm supposed to do this. And it's like, you know, listen, be open, take my career path was zigs and zags and unexpected things like becoming an executive director when I was 24 and I didn't know what I was doing, but I learned quickly. Um, and that, you know, just be open to where the opportunities take you. Yes, be strategic for sure, but to not to let your path emerge and not compare your path to somebody else's path because that's somebody else's path. Um, obviously, you know, meet people, network with people, ask people for advice. You know, there are some people that are not very nice, but mostly, mostly if you ask people to sit with them and talk with them and meet with them, they're willing to do that just, you know, to, to do all that, to know people. And if you're on stage that make sure, you know, the business side too, because you are the CEO of your own company. If you're an actor or a designer and knowing how the business works will only make you better. So those are just three three things, but mainly letting go of any notion that there's one path to success or two or three. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, 
So my next question is, so you've mentioned multiple times that you do more than just the Tony Awards. You have the Obie Awards. You also have your digital programs. Um, one of them is working in theater, that theater series. Um, I've used that over the past three years when I'm learning about um, all the jobs. So I wanted to ask you, what is your process of coming up with these different campaigns and different ways to market to the theater community? Well, working in the theater was something that's existed for a very long time. And when I got here, it was on CUNY TV and it was sort of uh, just like a round, an old fashioned round table. Um, but I had the opportunity during my tenure, you know, because as we're looking at, if you're going to do a podcast, do a podcast. But if you're going to actually film something, you need to show something. And so we uh, hired a documentary filmmaker back then to help us remake that series to sh really like t show and tell behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, I thought it was important because we have access to the greatest theater people in the world and to, you know, to me, it's less about, because I'm not, I'm a service organization. I'm not marketing to fill seats. My mission is educational, right? So uh, what, the way I come up with it is like, how can I give access to information and resources that can help interest people in, you know, help people discover theater, help people engage with the, with the theater, help people pursue theater. And, you know, so that's really the basis through which, you know, the filter through which these programs happen and working in the theater is like, we can show people, we can inspire people, they can learn things. Um, Natasha Katz did a masterclass, but she also did amazing working in the theater as well. Um, so it's really through that lens of, uh, education and engagement. And that was a goldmine for me. That's where I learned about Natasha Katz, Howell Binkley, all of the legends in theater. Um, that's how I've learned about them is through that series. Well, that makes me very, very happy. And I hope there are, you know, thousands upon thousands more that are of you discovering working in the theater of all of our programs. So, yeah, um, I wrote this down as a general question. But what drives you to continue your hard work in the theater? It, it goes back to what I was saying is that I think theater changes the world. I think theater makes the world a better place. And, you know, and I think the arts make the world a better place in general. And so this, this is my, this is the way in which I try to impact the world. And in particular, obviously, um, the Tony Awards and Obie Awards aside, well, no, not aside, there were two things. One is I want to give young people opportunities. And two, um, I want to give artists opportunities and recognize great artistic work. And this job allows me to do both, is to give a lot of young people opportunities and to recognize a lot of artists' work that, um, you know, and that recognition is important. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to be an artist, you know, in this society and that recognition can make a huge difference. Um, and having worked closely and have many friends who are artists, I know how important that is. So those two things drive me. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I counted last night when I was going through to make sure I had all my stuff lined up for today. Um, and I've asked this 40 plus times, but I wanted to continue asking with you because of all your amazing experience, but also you, you have a master's degree in arts administration. Um, so do you think education or experience has been more important and influential in your career? experience, but, um, experience for sure. Look, I think here's what I believe. Um, and, and I think there's something before, in addition to education experience, I think 
to be successful, you have to have great instincts and a good gut. And so I succeeded when I was 24 because I think I had a really good gut and pretty good instincts. Now, um, part of testing that was, was going to grad school and engaging with colleagues because, you know, and, and doing that and, you know, exposing myself to different things and learning different things. The thing that experience gives me now is that the things that I freaked out about as a 24 year old CEO, I don't freak out about anymore because it's like, oh, I've seen this before. I know how this, and you're, you know, you, so you're born with a certain amount of gut instincts and then they get reinforced. And by the time you get old, like me, they've been reinforced enough that, you know, that you don't freak out as much because you know, no, this, my instincts, I can follow my instincts because the truth be told, anytime that I didn't follow my instincts, it, it, it ended up uh, not working out. And so, but as a young person, you don't know that because you're like just getting your sea legs. So I do think experience um, is more important than education, although education is, is, is key, you know, um, you know, a master's degree, you know, is not necessary. It can be helpful. I, I have one. I teach at Baruch in the, in the arts administration, arts management master program. So I believe in it. I don't think it's necessary. I think it can be helpful, right? The, the main thing too, is just to make sure you continually learn. You continually like just even now it's like, I'm looking at, well, what can I learn? What can I, what new can I learn? You know, because I think that's how you have to stay fresh. And that's, that would be true as an artist. And I guess the final thing I would say is that we need more people that have been artists that have actually done experience what it's like to be an artist, to be arts administrators. We need more people that have the soul of the art of an artist running institutions. Um, that's my personal belief. Absolutely. And I think that belief goes far beyond just you. Um, but I wanted to ask, I wanted to start rounding out the interview with um, a fun question. Have you seen a Broadway show back? What was your first one back in a the theater? The first show back was Passover. And is there any other advice that you want to add before we start to wrap up? Just, just, just pursue your dream of theater. Don't have rigid ideas about it and have fun. You yeah. know, and I think um, that would be my advice to young people entering it. And, and also, there are so many ways to have a great life in the theater, on stage, off stage, you know. And, and so if one thing doesn't work out, check out other things. And, and as you said, our series working in the theater will show you a lot of the different ways and our master classes that you can have a great life in the theater. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being here today. And I also just wanted to thank you and your team at the wing um, for continuing to empower people around the world to make theater and work hard for their craft. Um, I know that the Tonys have been a big part of my life. I've watched it with my friends, my parents, all of my family for years, just trying to connect myself to the theater. And I just want to thank you for doing that and helping me through. Well, I want to thank you, Mason, and I look forward to seeing how you continue to evolve and enter our industry. So let's stay in touch. We will. Um, and hopefully I can be a way to get to the in-person press room next year. Yes, let's do it. <laughs>
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.